Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Good morning, and welcome to Military Network Radio. We're very glad that you have joined us today. To start off with, we're going to thank our show sponsor for today's show. We are just so enjoying the relationship with Blue Apron, the number one fresh food and recipe delivery service in the country. I I keep making us hungry early in the morning, but I received my second delivery last week. And what I love is I was able to choose whichever meals I wanted. And so I knew what was going to be in the delivery this time. So I made the roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro. Now, I choose things that I've never cooked with, like farro and fennel and other things like that, so that I can learn some new tastes and some new cooking suggestions. So I have a whole new repertoire of recipes now that I probably wouldn't imagined on my own. So, okay, here we go. I know it's the morning, but imagine a savory pork tenderloin with a reduction of maple and sherry vinegar to make agrodolce, which is an Italian sweet and sour sauce. It was so savory and delicious. And then we add to it a scrumptious farro side, which, Tassambra, do you know what farro is? Because I did I, not. I have no idea what it is, but I know you're you're kind of making me ready for lunch. It sounds <laughs> delicious. <laughs> well, but I didn't I, know what, what is that. No, I didn't know what it was either. It's an ancient variety of wheat. And then it goes on a base of crunchy sweet apple and lacinato kale. Now, I had to look up lacinato kale <laughs> because I know what kale was, but lacinato is often known as dinosaur kale. And so, okay, that just makes it a big leafy kale rather than the curly tight one. But it was so delicious. And I made this meal by myself, so I had leftovers. And I enjoyed it so much because it's new things, new sauces, new things to put together. And it's in 40 minutes or less. And so it was just such a treat. And you're right. It does make us hungry. I I do laugh (laughs) and I apologize for that. But it really was delicious. And every single meal that I have had through Blue Apron is absolutely wonderful. So our listeners have a special offer. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. That's the whole first delivery, three full meals with absolutely everything included with free shipping by going to blueapron.com forward slash military network. You'll love how good it tastes and feels to create home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Again, your whole first delivery, three full meals, everything delivered to your front door, is at blueapron.com forward slash military network. And it is a wonderful way to cook, and I highly recommend it. So for today, you already heard Tassambra come in, but I am joined by Tassambra Kimes, and it's good to be here with you again. Good to be with you. Good morning, everyone. It's, so it's, I, I've missed you. <laughs> and it's not been easy, but you sound much better. It's very nice to have you back. Well, I am happy to be back and obviously very much happy to be better. <laughs> Amen to that, which leads us right into where we're going today. We 
are choosing some topics lately that are really, I think, under discussed and yet in our military families. And today's is going to be a topic is going to be about how to manage pain, chronic pain from service or combat without narcotics. Because I think we are all so aware that there are and have been very tight rulings um, and concerns about addiction concerns with opioid usage. And yet there's not often a lot of very direct discussions of, well, we'll get into this, alternative right. therapies and complementary therapies. And, and that's a real problem leading to some really tough aspects. And to some of you know all about this as well. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're hitting on some good points and it's a good topic to have because you're right. It's something that I think not a lot of discussion is being made about it, but it is, it's just so important. I mean, you've got um, not only, you know, the, the opiates and, and just the addiction that, that comes from that, um, but I mean, you look at the instances of self-medication, right, you know, with the, the, the alcohol and, and, and then the other kind of drugs, it's just, it's, it's, it's a topic we definitely need to talk about, so. It definitely is, and I think that, you know, most people don't want to be on a lot of narcotics anyway. I think there's a move away from that personally because it just mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. But on the other hand, living with chronic pain is a really big problem. So we have a wonderful physician with us today. And we're going to be talking to Dr. Benjamin Rothstein. And I go way back with Dr. Rothstein. We were talking earlier that... It's been almost 20 years wow. and he, yeah, it, it really is. And he's one of those physicians who not only will I call him a healer, but he takes a look at the root causes of what is going on. So often our medical profession silos everything and treats a symptom here, a symptom there, and sometimes sending you to specialists for this one and this one and this one and this mm -hmm. one. And I think we kind of know that... Uh, trying to tie together a care team with everybody understanding where we're going, a mission, et cetera, is not always easy. So Dr. Rothstein, which we will call him Binyamin because I've known him for so darn long, <laughs> and he's comfortable with that, is running a integrative pain treatment center. And I've asked him to come speak to us today on managing and understanding pain management without the use of narcotics wherever possible. So, Binyamin, welcome to Military Network Radio. We are so glad to have you. Thank you, Linda. Good morning. Good morning. So, we go way back, and I'm happy to, you know, sprinkle in some of my stories, but one of the things that has always struck me is that your training and experience gives you a unique look into the holistic means of treatment. Can you go into a little bit of what the difference is between a DO and an MD? Well, DO stands for Doctor of Osteopathy, and MD stands for Medical Doctor. And DOs and MDs have the exact same license privileges in the country. There's no mm -hmm. difference. But education is a lot different. In the osteopathic uh, medical schools, 
we learn all the same stuff that the MDs learn. We have to become doctors. But in addition, we also have a, some philosophy thrown in there of, of how the body interrelates, how the parts affect each other, how your thoughts affect how your parts function. And then we also have additional training in how to use our hands to diagnose and treat the body to get the body more balanced. Because if you're not in balance, you cannot heal. You can pay me feel a little better. You can numb symptoms. You can you can quell certain types of things like blood pressure. But if you're not in balance, you're just not going to get well. So it's basically my perspective is that we're focusing on balance, balance the body structurally, emotionally, biochemically, nutritionally, and use medications when you need to. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. I think you also didn't say it, but it's there is also spiritually because it's a matter of mind, body, and spirit to be balanced. And I think that all of those aspects are particularly important. And when we have pain, what is that? What is the body trying to tell us at that point? Well, the first thing about spirituality, Mm -hmm. um, if you're not connected to something higher than this world, this world is a miserable place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too rough. Amen. Right. And I remember when I was in basic training, and um, we were being, they guess, lectured to by, I guess, one of the sergeants, someone there in one of the classrooms we were taking. And they were saying about surviving a POW camp. And they, they realized, this is back in the 1980s, I was in 1981. Mm-hmm. And they were realizing back then that, you know, the POW that survived the best are the ones who had a belief in God. And they said, I don't care how you get it, just get it. <laughs> to them, it was strictly a functional issue. Those who believe in God survive better than those who don't. Right. Simple. Right. And a spiritual connection seems to be a key feature in people's lives. Um, and it gives a chance, it, it makes this everything just look different. Um, now, the question about pain. Pain serves many purposes. You know, it, there's, there's, it serves us. You know, it can, it can mean many things. It can be a message that something mm-hmm. is wrong. It can be a warning something is going to be wrong, mm-hmm. or indication that something is one. Something went wrong. And so, pain has a, a, we feel pain for a reason. The problem is when pain becomes its own thing. Mm. That's the issue. When pain becomes its own beast, it's all about the pain, the pain, the pain. No, pain is just a, just a, 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 a statement. It's a warning. It's, it's an alarm. It's something going on that you need to address the thing that's causing the pain. Mm-hmm. So like pain, pain has a purpose. Is that what you're saying, that pain has a purpose and, and we just have to discover what the purpose is? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And numbing the pain can make it worse. Because you forget about why it hurts in the first place. I mean, if someone has you an know, injury, you know, you've got to take it to the pain because you can't function. You've got to be able to function and, and deal with the injury. But once right. you get past that acute stage, feeding pain by numbing it is probably one of the worst things you can do on a chronic basis. Because then you're missing the point. The point is pain is there to, is, is a gift. 
It's a gift to show us that something needs to be changed, corrected, something else is wrong. And mm. if you ignore that, if you try to muffle that, you'll never get to the issue. I love that. That's a perfect spot for us to take a break. For those of you listening and want to follow along more in terms of uh, a website, I want to send you to integrativepaintreatmentcenter.com so that you can follow along and see what uh, Dr. Rustin is talking about. And we will come back to that toward the end of the show paintreatmentcenter.com. We are talking today about managing chronic pain without the use of narcotics and how there are ways to understand more what is going on in your body and how to use that to get out of that rut that you're in. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we'll be back after these short messages. We're talking with Dr. Benjamin Rothstein. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, in ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's By the time this show is over, you'll blink at least 30 times. The average person normally blinks about 20 times per minute or 17,000 times a day. A faster rate usually indicates anxiety or emotional stress. What's the word for someone who blinks a lot? A squint of FIGO. FBI agents have identified a specific type of blink that they directly associate with gambler staying. That's a person who tends toward deception and fraud. Attorneys, also known as pedophoggers, look for blinking when they have people on the stand. The eyelash flutter means they really do not like the question at all. Women blink more than men, but when a man blinks at a woman, he always appreciates a wink back. What's another word for flirting? Hazoku. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. 
Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're talking to Benjamin Rothstein, a doctor of osteopathy, and talking about chronic pain and pain in general. And right before the break, we were talking about how numbing the pain is often the first response. Can you talk more about why that is and why that can be a temporary fix, but why it's not a great long-term fix? Um, when you're in a crisis, you know, pain, we know pain means something's wrong, but if you don't take care of the pain, you can't get to the thing that's wrong because it, it's just overpowering. It takes over everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, even uh, examining a, a, an acute abdomen, someone who's been shot or traumatized or stabbed in the belly, mm-hmm. if you don't numb that, kill, kill the pain, you can't examine the person. You can't examine them. You can't help them. Mm-hmm. So there's a place for knowing when to, you know, take care of use medication. Listen, if a person broke a leg and they can't sleep, they're in such agony. Mm-hmm. you got to sleep. If you don't sleep, you can't heal. Mm-hmm. So you have to use pain medication to get you out of the crisis so you can then get into the healing process. But after a few weeks, there's no excuse to need uh, narcotics. And most pain medication, you should not need it after a few weeks once a person's been properly diagnosed and treated. So the, the risk we run into is that we run into the point of, well, just keep taking pain, keep taking this, take, you'll feel fine, you'll feel fine. And it doesn't work. So then the, then the challenge begins. You know, Western medicine is fantastic. It's the best for crisis intervention. Nothing better than crisis intervention. But looking for the real cause, the chronic, the hard stuff, medicine is not quite there. And that's how I got involved in alternative medicine. They call it alternative. I call it more like mm-hmm. rational medicine. <laughs> Functional medicine, right. Functional, rational, structural, holistic, whatever you're going to call it. You should look at the big picture. Is there structure imbalance? Is there a problem going on how the body can't move properly? Is there a biochemical imbalance? People get anxiety issues from the biochemical imbalance in the brain that can easily be rectified many times by a few simple nutrients, believe it or not, to fill in the gaps, if you know what, you know what you're doing. It could be a person, like, for instance, addictions. Oftentimes due to a biochemical imbalance in the brain that's a setup for anxiety, and you'll do anything to quell that anxiety. And so you have so, to know what is driving that anxiety, what's going on in the biochemistry of the brain. Is there an infection in the body? So you saying? Yes, I didn't mean to cut you off, Benjamin. Okay. I'm just thinking. I'm I'm sitting up here. My my gears are going, and I'm thinking. So how do you really get out of this state of constant numbing? I mean, what are your, you know, recommendations? You're kind of leading into that, but I'm just like, okay, so you're you're saying to be in it for a little while, but how do we get out of that? And you how know, do we get the medical establishment to help us get out of it? Yes, exactly. I think that's often the the problem, because it's back to the symptoms and silos of medical specialties and what they're used to, especially when you're talking about the military and, you know, giant bureaucracies. You know, because the bureaucracy is so heavy, it's so hard to move that thing, mm-hmm. um, it has to be the patient themselves. As I say to the doctor, doctor, I don't want to be numbed anymore. Mm. I'm seeing a lot of patients now from chronic issues and injuries and they said, I don't like taking drugs. I can't function. I can't function. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have to say to the doctor, 
I don't want medications. What else is there? There's something else. And then you got to start mm-hmm. doing research and say, look, can you check out this, this, and this, and this? How about this? How about that? Is there an infection involved? I just learned, as a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, and get this, I learned a couple weeks ago that um, people who have chronic high blood pressure and you can't quite seem to control it well enough, or chronic types of arthritis, certain types of arthritis, it's coming from the teeth. Mm-hmm. Get a tooth pulled, or a worse, get a root canal done, that gets infected in the bone, it seeds the body with certain type of bacteria that makes the body miserable, and you can't control it. And so the treatment of that is actually giving certain types of antibiotics intravenously to overwhelm the system and knock out that infection. But, you know, you're talking about, again, getting to the root cause of things. So right. as a patient, when you are asking, you know, I don't want to take medication, what can you suggest? I think that in the defense of a lot of physicians, they honestly don't know what to offer in terms of things. They'll say biofeedback or, or be mindful or, uh, you know, those kinds of things. But, you know, there are structural issues. I think one of the things that I learned from going to you years ago was that if I had a problem in my knee, oftentimes the pain was actually generating in my neck and was was showing up somewhere else. So I think often at least in my case, it was structural and you identified it and with some gentle manipulations, you know, muscular spinal manipulations, we were able to relieve that pain and no meds were needed afterward at all. Right. So the question you're asking is, there's two questions. I'm not sure which question is more important. How do you educate the doctors mm-hmm. to know what to look for And how do you motivate the patients to seek the answers that are waiting for them? Mm -hmm. Um, It's very difficult. I've had this problem for my entire career dealing with doctors. See, medical school, the inherent problem in medical school is it shuts your mind down. It doesn't doesn't encourage thinking. It encourages following algorithms. Mm -hmm. That's a real serious problem. I mean, it, it it plagues all of us in medicine. We're stuck in this paradigm, and we mm-hmm. kind of get stuck in a think this way, but that way doesn't always work. But that's how we think. But that's not what works. What works is this. And so it's, it's very hard. You've got to find a doctor. It's hard to do this. Find a doctor who's open-minded and can think, as opposed to just mm-hmm. following algorithms, following protocols, and standard of care medicine. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the first challenge. And it, that's something I don't know. You're going to have it. Changing, shifting the tide is very tough. The medical societies of, of alternative and complementary medicine have been struggling with this for, for decades, and it's slowly, slowly taking shape, slowly taking shape, but it just takes time. Um, osteopaths are a lot more prone to being open-minded than allopaths or MDs, mm-hmm. as a rule. We're trained that there's more to the body than, than just than, than organs. We're trained that way. So we're more likely to appreciate other things causing problems in our bodies. Um, but I really think it's about grassroots patient, patient education, getting out to people to say, this stuff exists. We want doctors to know how to do this. We want people to learn how to, we want people to, learn how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And getting people aware um, that there's options. 
Um, can I share with you one of my most interesting, interesting discoveries recently? Sure. Dealing with chronic pain, um, the body is all connected. Do you know what fascia is? Yes. But go okay. ahead and explain it for oh, our listeners. See, I don't know what that is. Please explain okay. it to me, too. <laughs> okay. I've had 20 years of talking to him, so I have a, an advantage. <laughs> you ever make chicken? Yes. The thin white film on top of the chicken meat, like thin tissue, that's yes. called fascia. Fascia surrounds every organ, every muscle, pretty much every cell. It's called connective tissue. It connects everything in the whole body. And the fascia is what, what not only does it connect everything, everything fills the fascia. And the way you fill the fascia is how your body looks. The fascia is actually what your body looks like, how you fill it defines the features of us. So if you lose weight, the fascia shrinks. If you gain weight, the fascia expands. But the fascia is what really defines every organ and how we look and how we function. And so the fascia also conducts many things. One of the things it conducts is electromagnetic fields, forces. EMGs, EKGs, EEGs are all going through the fascia. You're testing the fascia, how it conducts that, that, that electricity. So an EKG, certain patterns go through the fascia certain ways. You can see what's going on inside the heart. It's a brilliant appreciation of how the heart is an electronic generator. Mm-hmm. And so the, um, the fascia conducts everything. If you get a cut, you get a scar that it goes, cuts to the fascia, and then it heals, that scar now is denser than the tissue around it. You can feel it sometimes. It's a little, it's a little hard line in the body. Mm-hmm. So that's that why now scars are more painful? Faster. The, the normal fascia, because dense tissue conducts faster than, than less dense tissue. Uh, Ty, ask your question. Oh, no, yeah. I was going to say that, that when you mention that scar tissue, you know, is, is, it's going to be tougher and denser. Is that why scars can be often uh, painful for um, some? Sometimes. Some of them are painful because there's a nerve trapped in. Okay. Some of them are painful because there's a reflex. I'll get to that in a second. There's a reflex arc that goes through, this, through the scar. So let me answer the question. I'll tell you in a little bit. So you have just about a minute, Benjamin. I'm sorry? You have about a minute. Okay. Scars pull in the fascia. Like, take a sheet. You cut it, throw it back up together again. The sheet will always be wrinkled. It never lies flat. That's how our fascia is. When it's scarred and it heals, it's like a torn sheet. And now we're kind of, our body's like a wrinkle that's pulled towards a certain direction. And it, and it sets up a pattern of a drag pattern on the body. And after the break, I'll tell you exactly how that's treated and some stories of, of miracle stories that that's resulted in from treating those scars. And that's a very important part of some of the injuries that are chronic pain. Some are internal, such as back injuries and spinal injuries and things like that, but a lot of them are from shrapnel and cuts and wounds and things like that. So that's a, a really important part for us to talk about. I, I think that's extremely helpful. We don't think about this stuff very often. Again, because in general Western medicine, we're, we're thinking just, just make it away, just make it stop, right? fixed it. And so I really appreciate you going underneath here, no pun intended, but to 
to take a look at why some of these things hurt. You are listening to Military Network Radio, and we have a very short break, and we'll return after these messages. We're speaking with Benjamin Rothstein. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. It's words you never heard. It's summertime, and you know what that means. Attack of the Mosquitoes. Other names for the mosquito are Galley Nipper, Katie Nipper, Gabber Napper, and Gally Whopper. A quote from the 1906 book The Parsons Boys asserts that Galley Nippers are so-called because at each nip, they took a gallon. Mitzi is a deceptively cute shortening of mosquito that might be heard in Ohio. If you're in Virginia and hear someone complaining about cousins, they might have annoying relatives or they might just be talking about mosquitoes. Why do they call mosquitoes cousins? Because there are so many and they stick so close. But whatever you call them, all this begs the question, why didn't Noah swap those two mosquitoes? It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We are talking with Dr. Benjamin Rostein about pain and how to manage without narcotics. We were talking before the break about scars and how they're formed and, and why they make us uncomfortable. Can you tell us how you would treat scars and, and any stories that you might have that would help illustrate that point? Sure. Um, the way, I mean, a little introduction to scars. When a scar heals, it pulls from the fascia. That can result in problems all over the place you wouldn't even think about. The most common uh, example of that is women with neck and shoulder pains, chronic neck and shoulder pains. And you ask them, almost every one of them has actually had a C-section or hysterectomy. Because a scar across the belly pulls from the fascia, draws the body towards the scar, and creates chronic neck and shoulder pain. Treat the scar, the pain goes away instant. You get up and say, oh, wow, it's instant relief. And it happens almost every single time. I've done this thousands and thousands of times. And you're you're right. I mean, I will personally attest, you did that for me for a C-section scar. And I, I didn't understand until that point how the origin of pain you know, can show up somewhere else, and you don't even know it. But you proved it with me. Yeah, <laughs> great. And it, 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 it's, it's so common. It's really it's a set-up injection. All I use is lidocaine, like Novocaine, mm-hmm. plain lidocaine in the scar. The certain way of injecting the scar, you hit it right, the scar just goes light side, whoop, you know you got the right spot, and then that's all there is to it. Novocaine mm-hmm. to the scar. Wow. And um, it takes its moments. I had a woman who is a, um, a bodybuilder, and she's very strong, very healthy, very fit. We never knew she had any kind of problems. But her, she couldn't move her legs properly to, to bring it behind her. She was very stiff that way. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, she had some scars, this, that, and the other said, no, your problem is not there. It's a little, it's over here on your leg. And I can, I can, there's a way of finding scars. There's ways you can actually detect where scars might be. And I said, what's on your leg? And there's, there's a little leg, scar on the leg from when she was a little girl. And I said, hmm, let's try this spot. And I shot it, a little novocaine in the scar, watched it on the table, and she says, oh, my gosh. Wow, my whole body feels tingly. Whole body flushed, her face flushed. That's the kind of, that's unusual, actually. And her leg just moved 100% afterwards. And there's stories of scars, people who have, people who do something, and it creates a pain in their body that doesn't have a reason for that kind of pain. There's no reason for it. I do a lot of work with injured workers now, people who are, got injured in the job somehow. And some of them have falls and bangs and real issues that, you know, that they really got hurt for a specific reason. But some of this is over time, it builds and builds and builds. And universally, look, where's the scar? And find the scar. Another, another little lady I had the other day, um, she works in a, um, in a factory on the, on the line, and she developed this shoulder pain. She just came with her shoulder. And uh, it just got to the point where she couldn't function. And then so I said, well, the, sure enough, there was a scar on her belly. Through the scar, shoulder pain went away. I'll tell you a really wild story. It happened another day with a shoulder pain. This is, even, this is really wild. This is really pathetic. It's wild and pathetic at the exact same time. We're <laughs> in the mid-40s. And she's working at a grocery store, putting like a 10-pound block of cheese on the upper shelf, which is not that big of a deal. Put it on the shelf, and she kind of reached over to the right on the top shelf, and she heard something go pop. Mm. Okay, something popped in. Nothing really bothered her too much. A little ache in her shoulder, no big deal. So she got down, and by the end of the day, she was aching. By the ne- by that next day, her arm was bothering her. Within two days, she couldn't move her right arm. So much pain it was in. So I went to the doctor and said, well, she was that, and they tried uh, some medication to take care of the pain. It didn't help. They said, maybe it's your shoulder. Give her a cortisone shot in her shoulder. Didn't help. By now, she had, couldn't use her index finger and thumb, just tingling and numbness in those fingers, and, and, was, and was weak. So she's having a, little, a lot of problems going on there. They tried different therapies, nothing worked. Well, we have an idea. Let's just do surgery, and we'll fuse her neck. Oh, my goodness. So they fused her cervical spine, and um, the numbness and tingling in her fingers went away. She could use her fingers. The pain was as bad as ever, even a little worse. She still can't work. It's been almost two years. She can't, no, almost three years she can't work, and she's miserable. Now she, she has no money to live off of, but she's bored out of her gourd because she can't do anything, and she's in pain, and you can't take the drugs. It's just, she's, it's poor, it's like a basket case. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's take a look. I start from the beginning. I said, okay, um, something's wrong here. I checked her out, and it's not a stru- simple structural issue. Where's the scar? I said, well, no, sur- no surgery, well, have a C- oh, yeah, I had a C-section. Well, that's a scar. It's surgery. C-sections are surgery. So I saw, I saw the scar. I said, okay, let's try something. And I told her. Gave her the shot in the scar in her belly. And she said, oh, my God. She picked her arm up over her head. I was pain-free the first time in almost three years. This is the mind-body connection piece that's amazing. When you are in pain, your mind shuts down. You yeah. don't... I've known stories where um, people don't even recall that they had an injury. You know, it's so long ago. I was a kid. That's no big deal. But what you're saying is the body remembers and the body reflects that 
And so when we're looking at some big injuries, say you're airborne and you have serious back injuries mm -hmm. from too many jumps. I mean, Tassambra, you know, you know, there's yeah. a yeah. lot of this. Yeah, my and husband, broken back from jumps. There you yes. go, broken <laughs> back. And so um, can you talk about those kinds of things? The, the chronic pain, serious spinal things where often you're right, you know, spinal fusion surgery occurs. There is a little greater move now towards some of the um, soft tissue manipulation. Um, but again, very little about looking at the body holistically. Can you talk about that a little bit? A little bit. I can talk about that a lot. Good. Let's <laughs> do that. We have? <laughs> We've got uh, probably about four, 30, 25 minutes. Okay, well, I'll try and do the best I can. For, okay. for, for, now, airborne guys who have that, that, that trauma to their spine from that, from that awful landing they get every so often, if people have that, that back injury, um, sometimes it's just a structural imbalance and you do manipulation, work it over, and it stabilizes and mobilizes, and they're just fine. Mm -hmm. But other times it doesn't go away. And there's a thing in the back, this, the joints of the spine are called facets, F-A-C-E-T, facet. And facets are where the spines um, intersect, vertebrae intersect with each other. Then the back of the, of, of the vertebrae, and, they, um, and they're, they're, they're very strong, but also very delicate. They're surrounded by a capsule. There's also nerves within this facet. Since we have spatial awareness where you are in space, so you move your body, you know where you are, where your positioning is. So it's a very, very sensitive, strong, uh, versatile, and delicate structure all simultaneously. When you have that kind of injury, we really have a, an injury with, with a fracture or even a real bad sprain. You now have a tearing of the ligaments. Ligaments connect bone to bone. They keep things in place. From ligament, there's just, it's just no bone. There's just flops. So a sprain is a partially torn ligament. Now, partially torn ligament means it's no longer because it's shredded a little bit. It can stretch like a piece of cotton. There's there's ends sticking out. They're torn off, and they're flame. They're sore, and they and they and they hurt. Mm. So the joint is the ligaments are longer. The joint is now unstable. It's now inflamed, and it hurts. And it's, and it's prone to getting repeated injuries. That kind of approach requires something called prolotherapy. Prolotherapy stands for proliferative okay. therapy. Okay. It's specialized injection to those torn ligaments with something like dextrose, which is basically sugar water, high concentration, that stimulates the ligaments to grow back and heal. So now you stabilize the joint, take away pain, decrease inflammation, and make it stronger than it was before. And you don't wow. need the surgery. So it, it really and it produces a long-term benefit with very, very few side effects. Now, so I have never heard of, you called it prolo, proliferative therapy? Right. Wow. I'd never heard of that one before. Yeah. Pro, pro, proliferative means you cause the ligaments to proliferate, to grow back. Mm-hmm. Ligaments won't grow back on their own. They won't. If you stimulate them, they can grow back on their own. So the idea is if you inject it with something that stimulates them with like dextrose or sodium morulate or whatever different substances that are out there, you inject it to stimulate the ligaments, they will regrow. 
It hurts for a couple of days. For a week, it hurts a little while afterwards. Isn't it? It's because it's a growing process that's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. When, the, when, the, when the process is done, the pain is gone. I mean, it is gone, and you're stable. Now, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ty. I, I no, know what you're going to say, I think. Go ahead. No, I'm just trying to, like, it, it sounds, it just sounds amazing. I'm like, okay, so there's so many soldiers and veterans and, you know, so many people that are dealing with so many different injuries and so many, I mean, my husband um, is a disabled vet. I just mentioned that he broke his back, but, um, you know, it, it sounds like there's just such simple fixes almost, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and to not have pain, not to be able to live with that. Um, you know, my husband, and I'm going to share a little bit of his story, but I think others might be able to, our listeners might be able to relate, but, you know, he's been on pain medication and, you know, he constantly has pain. And one thing he says is, you know, I just, I don't want to keep taking the meds. But when he tries to come off of the meds, it's like, it's, it's withdrawal. He has all these other symptoms now that he has to deal with. And I just think the idea to get to, of just having no pain to, to actually deal with the, the true problem and solve that problem to get away from the pain is, is just ideal. So, you know, I'm like, how do we find doctors like you? <laughs> Good question. It, it's unfortunate that there's, um, the good news is more and more doctors are thinking this way and getting involved. Mm-hmm. The downside is that it's it's um, it's oftentimes frowned upon by establishment doctors who, you know, look more towards pharmaceutical approaches to um, disease management rather than healthcare. Um, but when, if there's demand, the man will be filled. Once he'll know what to look for, mm-hmm. once you know it's there. Like if I, I love to give a presentation to to a VAs and mm-hmm. explain to them how to approach pain in, in this kind of fashion and give some demonstrations. You know, that'd be a, a, a get doctors aware this stuff exists, and then there's, and then there's an interest. You know, I I think that there there may be a contact I can provide you for that. Um, I think oftentimes just getting people to think a little bit differently really matters. Um, we have only a very short time to the break, but I. I just think that what you're talking about is very simple. And as you say, it's pushed back by sometimes the medical establishment because there's all these written standards of care. And yet when something doesn't work or doesn't continue to work, and there are large vast swaths of people who are suffering from long-term pain and reaching out to street drugs and very risky behaviors mm-hmm. um, in order to find relief, it seems to me that there ought to be an open-mindedness about taking a look at some of the holistic measures that we're talking about today. So we are here today to provide you outreach and thoughts, to provoke thoughts of a different way of looking at things. We have to go on another break. I'm so sorry. We'll be back with Binyamin Rostein in just a few minutes. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Have you heard? 
The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. that besides home and work, Americans spend more time at the mall than anywhere else? There are 50,000 shopping malls in the United States alone. The Mall of America, located between Minneapolis and St. Paul, is the largest in the world with more than 500 stores. What's a word for a person who is a compulsive shopper? An oniomaniac. Studies have shown that women will buy more if they hear their heels clicking on the floor. So designers often use hard flooring in hallways. Of course, the stores want customers to spend all their coopity coop. That's another word for money. Oh, I gotta run. There's only one more shopping day until tomorrow. My husband said if I don't quit shopping so much, he would leave me. Lord, I'm gonna miss that man. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Before the break, we were talking about some very logical approaches. And one thing I want to add in is that when you're working with patients... You are working as a team. You are asking those questions of, okay, tell me about this, this, and this. And you undo each layer of the onion. But then you also make sense of everything and say, if I do this, this is what may happen. And you may then feel relief. And so it's a matter of working, you know, in coordination, with your patient, which I think is very difficult because doctors are set up as authority figures in our world. And how many times, Ty, this has happened to me, maybe to you, Mm -hmm. um, I'm the doctor here. I'll tell you what's wrong. And that attitude um, does not work towards a team style. Does that make sense to all of you? Right. Right. And then you're left feeling like, I I know I'm not going crazy here with these symptoms and what I'm feeling, you know, you're trying to relate that. Yes. Right. So, you know, I, I, I did want to make that statement because I I think it's a flaw again Mm -hmm. in how we treat patients and doctors. To me, the best medicine is when we work together, but I don't want to miss out on getting some of those other things, symptoms occur when there is chronic pain because people may not be connecting it with their pain so we have you know take the time you need Binyamin um, in this last segment to talk about what happens when someone has chronic pain okay Um, chronic pain means your body is on alert and the body's 
first thing the body wants to do is to kind of decrease pain inflammation, trying to make it function better. So it shoots out something called cortisol. Why is own cortisone? And the cortisol actually decreases inflammation, decreases pain, and it comes from the adrenal glands. But after a while, you can only put out so much, and then the adrenal glands get fatigued, and it starts to shift things. So at first, the cortisol is there, help you cope. But when cortisol is there, it also decreases another hormone called DHEA, which is the restorative regenerative hormone. So increasing the palliative one and you're decreasing the one that helps you repair. It's a bit of a vicious cycle. You can see it already starting to build up. And adrenaline kicks in. So you keep moving and keep functioning. So you, you push your work on strictly adrenaline just so you can get things done in the daytime. Even just brushing your teeth can, can be a, a, a challenge for many people. And so now you have all these hormonal imbalances. When you have that, the next thing goes out of whack is going to be insulin. So diabetes is going to kick in. So you're not necessarily active. Cortisol is high, so you can't rest. DHA is low, so you can't repair. Insulin goes up, now you got diabetes. And then you start getting fat. So now you're fat and depressed and you're tired, which makes you more fat and more depressed. <laughs> and on top of that, especially in men, testosterone drops. Right. When testosterone drops, there goes your mojo. Enthusiasm, interest, appetite, libido, flexibility, insight, it all goes away. And suddenly, I'm, not, I'm just half the man I used to be. And all of a sudden, you don't have it anymore. You can't take it. And then the guys get weepy. And they, can't, they lose the courage. And just can't go on with it. And you'll do anything to stop the pain, hoping that it'll give you a little bit more room to breathe in life. Mm-hmm. And then, now you're in a very bad situation. Because the medication for pain, the narcotics especially, have altered your brain chemistry. Your cortisol is now fatigued, so you can't repair yourself. Your genomes are shot. Testosterone is low. Muscles get weak. Blood sugar goes up. You get fat, get weak, get lazy and depressed. And where are you going to go? And so these wonderful champion men, these heroes, are just struggling just to survive, just to get by, just to make the day happen. And it's not their fault. You can't think yourself out of this stuff. You can push only so hard, then all of a sudden you run out of fuel. Your battery's gone. So the only way to do this is layer the chronic pain treatment. The first thing to do is get that anxiety, get the tension, get the stress to kind of come down a bit so your adrenals can recuperate a little bit. To that end, I use is a great treatment called um, GH3 or Gerovital H3. Or sometimes you use certain herbs like ashwagandha that helps the body kind of calm itself down. And then you want to build up the right kind of hormones. Maybe giving testosterone to men. Maybe giving HCG, which helps the body produce its own testosterone. Or sometimes you have to, you have to um, work with certain types of herbs, licorice root, different things to get the body to start feeling a little more balanced, get the body balanced down, get the chemistry balanced. And you go to the diet. And now you've got to get all things back in cycle. How about sleep? Because you're tired, nothing gets better. If you're tired, <laughs> life is miserable. Yes. And the worst part about being tired is you've got to stay awake. So what do people do to stay awake? To stay awake, they do things like drink coffee, which crashes mm-hmm. their sleep the following night, and they more coffee because they're more tired, and the cycle begins. Mm-hmm. Or they nosh. 
They munch away through the day, which makes them fatter, which makes them more tired, and the vicious cycle continues. So the first thing is help people get sleep. Sleep. Mm-hmm. And decrease that anxiety and tension in their system. Then build them back up. Give them what they need to repair their own bodies and start repairing themselves. So all and that... I have, to, I have to give you a, 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 an applause here because I think what you're talking about is going to resonate with our because the body is a me and it can heal itself if impetus and treatment and understanding. I think so often though our our vets are are told stop eating so much. You know, you're making it worse. You're making it worse. No wonder you're in pain. You weigh three hundred pounds. Right. Um and they're they're really shamed. They're shamed and not told that all of this is is a very simple biochemical reaction to chronic pain. And right. so I want to thank you for running through that because that was so it was so easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And and Ty is is typing to me in the notes. You know this makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. So you've got the hormonal imbalances, and you go into the mental emotional imbalances too. Right, right. Because then, of course, if you're tired, you're not. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm not very pleasant to be around. I make <laughs> I may say things, do things that I'll regret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once or twice, <laughs> we all people <laughs> lose judgment when you're tired. So just the fatigue stuff alone is enough to alter a person's ability to think and function. So now you have the fatigue, which is driving. People do crazy things and act crazy, which they don't want to. They just can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. And, those, and this cycle, this whole cycle, and it breaks the cycle. And then it's hard. Then you get addicted. Because another problem is you do something to get yourself energy, and that big thing is, is sugar. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the even bigger than that is sugar plus caffeine. Now, I got to tell you a little bit about one of the things that almost every chronic pain patient I know does is drinks soda of some sort. Coke, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, whatever they like, some, some um, beverage along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, what people don't realize, in those beverages, if you look at the label, they all have between 30 and 40 grams of sugar per serving. Now, there's five grams of sugar per teaspoon. That means in every cup you drink, there's between six and no, yeah, six and eight teaspoons of sugar in every cup you drink. Because mm. it zaps your brain to start, it numbs pain. Sugar numbs pain, by the way, also. So you have huh. six to eight teaspoons of sugar per cup you're drinking. If you add to a caffeine, the effect in the brain is the same thing as cocaine. That's why I have it so high. And so the, the neurotoxins... Uh, the neurotoxicity effect of caffeine plus sugar numbs you, gives you a high, a temporary relief, a sense of a false sense of, of energy and being alive. And so, this drinking sodas is one of the worst things you can do. Now, what the company said, "Well, we got a better idea." Says Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola. We're going to we're going to put artificial sweeteners instead. We use nature's sweeteners, Splenda, right? Right. What most people don't realize is those artificial sweeteners are direct neurotoxins. They directly alter your ability to think properly and rationally. They're direct neurotoxins. Look it up if you don't believe me. They are direct neurotoxins. And what happens is it now gets you even more addicted. 
And so the whole, this, these soft drinks are really chemical companies that we consume. And that really is the crux, makes things much, much worse. The caffeine, and the sugar, the neurotoxins, you cannot cure yourself. You're, you're stuck. So you really need to have a whole process of, of getting out of, this, out of this whole mire. I mean, really what, what we really got to have is a, a, a retreat center. If you'll go for between two and four weeks where they detox, get right kind of nutrition, wheatgrass juice, and so forth and so on, like Hippocrates Institute has it, and mm-hmm. you can get to, you can begin to heal from the inside out. So if you had you a, know, ideally, we could re- detox center with treatment, treating the pain and injuries, and put the whole picture together, and the people I think are then really truly heal. I love it. I want to make sure that we have enough time for you to tell them the website to find out more information, and I believe you also do one free consult. And you've been known to do those around the world via Skype. So right. tell them where to find out more information about you and this integrative pain uh, approach. Okay, the website is called integrativepaintreatmentcenter.com. Okay, and you also have a and, Facebook page? And a Facebook page also. Um, okay. And under Benjamin Rothstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, also, you know, if uh, I do do Skype consultations, um, the first consultation is a brief consultation that's free to see if I can help you or not, talk a little bit about what your problem is and see if I can be a benefit to you. And if I, if I can be, then we schedule a regular, a regular visit. So I do offer a chance to see if this approach can be helpful to you. And some people can't be helped. They, I need to see them personally. I can't see them on Skype. Some people need to be, you know, in, in the right. office itself. Um, you know, I, I, am, I am located I, in um, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. actually an area called Norbert, just outside of Philadelphia, um, but it's in Philadelphia, and uh, I do see patients there. Uh, so, and, and so you can contact me on, on the website or on, the, on Facebook. Either way is fine. Perfect. Um, I'm so sorry. We have run out of time. I think we may have to do a pain series with you. Because I think the picture you painted today will resonate with so many people who didn't think they had an answer. Thank you so much for being with us, Binyamin. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, everyone. We will be back next week with more guests. And thank you, Ty. We will come back and talk to you next week. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your